0: Listening to you, smart trailer Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas.
1: And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome to episode 71, So Funny You'll Die.
0: Aha. Yeah, I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> that was, that was. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, uh, exactly as the title implies, we're going to be discussing horror comedies in greater depth this week. We talked about Club Dread last week, which was a fun discussion. Yes. Yes great horror comedy film but we wanted to kind of expand on it so the whole episode today pretty much is going to be devoted to horror comedies and in the main segment we're going to dive really into it and uh, focus on one specific movie just kind of talk about what makes a great horror comedy yes so uh yeah i'm excited about that man Fuck yeah as always, we do have to give a shout out to Sports Radio Detroit, our gracious host network.
1: Yes, yes. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look up Sports Radio Detroit. That's S-R-D, Sports Radio Detroit, not Detroit Sports Radio.
0: Yeah, I get it right, guys. So check them out. You can uh, check out all the other awesome shows on the network as well. And uh, we just have a very brief sponsored message, and then we'll get right into the show. So stick around. Here at Grave Discussions, we know that addiction can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Detox Helpline help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol. Call the addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They're
1: always available for you, and if you have private insurance, they specialize in finding you the right treatment. Give them a call at 1-800-213-9257. That is 800-213-9257.
0: Fifty-seven. All right, Samael, so a lot as always happening in the world of horror over this uh, past week. And uh, this, uh, this is a bit of news I'm pretty excited for. Oh, yeah. yeah, I could tell. So tell us all about it. So there
1: are two confirmed sequels to 2018's revamp of the Halloween series. There's two movies coming out, one in 2020, October 16th, entitled Halloween Kills, and then in 2021 halloween ends i'm kind of worried because as i always mention when we talk about these year later sequels mm. i'm always worried about sequels that take place immediately after a movie was just made because we saw what happened when halloween 4 was released so halloween 4 was released you know 20 years after uh, the original uh halloween and uh it was a hit everyone loved it because michael was back on the screen chasing a little girl who was you know laurie's daughter in that timeline but then you know one year later we got the halloween five the revenge of michael myers and that one was not received well by fans or the box office and it basically bombed up until recently when it became like you know a a cult hit
0: yeah that's fair I i feel like that happens with a lot of movies no matter what. I mean, a lot of people mm. still like, you know, various uh Nightmare on Elm Street sequels, for example, even though they're pretty bad. Oh, yeah. So that's just that cult following. But I do kind of agree with your skepticism about it. Uh, It's cool that they're filming it back to back. I mean, I feel like at least there, you have that uh sort of constant attention to it. Mm-hmm. And so there could be some consistency between the two movies but yeah i mean is is it rushed is it gonna feel rushed you know is it is it gonna feel complete maybe it would be better if they took you know a couple of years just to really think about the story that they want to flesh out as long as the movies themselves to me like end and begin back to back that's all i really care about like yeah that would be sick i want it to just continue yeah you know like leave at a cliffhanger and Halloween kills and then it's like fuck I have to wait a whole year to find out what happens and it wasn't really like that with the other movie in Mm. my opinion I'm gonna
1: call it so in Halloween kills Mm -hmm. Lori's gonna die okay and then in Halloween ends Lori's daughter is gonna die and then her granddaughter is gonna end up killing Michael
0: okay interesting yeah I kinda I kinda figured like you know what maybe one of Lori's you know, either her kid or grandkid or whatever, some something's gonna happen. Oh yeah, where they're gonna kind of take over the legacy. Because
1: we saw Allison at the end of uh, at the end of the 2018 Halloween, clutching that knife, mm-hmm. and we know what happened in Halloween Four. Uh, her Laurie's you know daughter in that timeline, Jamie, was about to take over and be the new killer when they all of a sudden changed directions for Halloween Five, and she had an episode because Michael influenced her, and then now Michael's back yada yada yada
0: yeah and they kind of did the same thing in uh Friday part 5 as well oh yeah with Tommy yeah so interesting yeah if they don't like make her seem like the killer at the end of Halloween Kills or something (laughs) stupid like that then I don't think we have to worry about that it'll be good uh, if that's the case but yeah I'm, I'm excited for it but I'm a little hesitant same but uh David Gordon Green is returning to direct both films which gives me a little bit of hope you know at least we're not going to be switching the, the creative vision around completely as long as they bring back James Jude Courtney as Michael
1: Myers uh, yeah. I think Michael will be sweet unless unless Nick Castle wants to re-reprise his role yeah. uh, because I mean I don't know if it could work because of the size difference James Jude Courtney is about six foot three, uh, with the boots on He's about six foot four and a half, you know? Mm-hmm. Nick Castle's about 5'10". So with the boots on, even if they give him lifts like they did to Dick Warlock, you know, uh, he'll be maximum like 6'2", which is fine. It's pretty close to like James Jude Courtney's he's like real height. So like, I think mm-hmm. it could work because in part two of Halloween, the original, Dick Warlock, the guy who played Michael, was 5'9". They gave him three-inch lifts and one-inch boots.
0: It also depends, like how you shoot yeah the character too, and uh, I mean I wouldn't mind that if they shot him differently, and you know he he wore some taller boots or something like that. But at the same time, it's like if you're going to be telling really the same story in this saga, Let's use the same so Michael. close together, yeah. Really, everything should feel kind of consistent, including how they shoot the movie more or less. I'd love them to do something unique with the films, but. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, let's move on from that one, guys. Still big news, exciting news. This next one... uh, I felt weird (laughs) about this. Yeah, it does fall into the realm of horror technically, but it's really a a comic book movie, and it's not what you might think. So, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is coming out as the follow-up to Doctor Strange. But... Mm, But... It's going to be a horror movie. Yeah, at least that's what's kind of being labeled as as the first mcu horror film which is interesting as we all know blade is not like part of the mcu yeah or anything like that but uh it will be just not the old oh movie. yeah did you hear blade's role is being reprised They already found the new blade yep maher ali who uh is a phenomenal actor i mean he, he so looks excited. the part too i think he'd be a sick blade yeah i think so too but not about that doctor strange though uh the first one he encounters Dormammu, and that was a pretty cool scene. Not really, like, horror, but it's this, like, cosmic craziness. Yeah. This one, uh, I think he's going to be, like, running around with the Scarlet Witch, portrayed by Elizabeth Olsen, uh, to different dimensions or multiverses and encountering all sorts of crazy creatures, I'm uh, which is cool.
1: I'm pretty excited about this, considering, uh,
0: you know, Swamp Thing was
1: canceled. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I was pretty excited for, like, superhero horror. Yeah. We had Brightburn, which was, you know, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then I was pretty, I was, honestly, I was very excited for Swamp Thing, especially because the trailer looked so sick. I'm assuming they had almost already finished filming, too, judging by the trailer. So, like,
0: you know, uh, this is a good uh, replacement, I guess. So, we'll see. I think so, yeah. This and Blade coming out. Doctor Strange is supposed to play up the gothic, the horror, according to director Scott Derrickson, so who also did the exorcism of Emily Rose and Sinister. Oh, so shit! I mean,
1: he's got the resume.
0: It sounds good, but like,
1: come on, Doctor Strange. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I'm into it. I'm into comic book stuff more than you, I think. So, oh yeah, I'm I'm like pumped for it, and I love Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, I know. I I mean, I'm familiar with him
1: pretty much, and uh. I don't know. I just don't know how they're gonna. Just his face, just the actor. You're just so used to seeing him like as Doctor Strange. You can't really imagine. Pendle Do- Ditch, Cumberbunch. Can't really imagine him in like a horror movie. Yeah. being you know Doctor Strange. It's just strange. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's,
0: that's fair. know yeah, I, if I just bang my head off this fucking table. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the film does uh, at least offer a lot of cool chances for some creativity. So. I'm excited for it, but no more information on that yet. Finally, really just a a stupid article. Uh, This kind of ticked me off, but there's a whole uh, article about a potential upcoming legal battle. Actually, I think there is a legal battle right now. They're locked up in something, but the original producers of IT, the miniseries, are fighting for some kind of monies. Uh, from the new film the 2017 adaptation it's, because a, di- it's a different adaptation yeah. of
1: the book it's not a remake of a fucking mini series. that's like yeah. that's like right now for like yo let's uh let's reboot langoliers you know let's let's just make it something you know Mm. you know it it won't be a remake it'll just be a reimagining you know and then someone's like oh are you remaking Langoliers I want money like no that's not
0: how it works well apparently they said that the 2017 feature film is indeed a remake is indisputable and apparently if it was ruled that it is indeed a remake they would have I guess technically rights to it but the the producers themselves said this is
1: a reimagining of the book right. this is not a remake of the miniseries so if the if the s- s- guy who made the source material says it's not a remake it's not a remake like if i fucking let's say uh i make another the shining and then fucking stanley kubrick wants money for me i'll
0: be like yo eat shit <laughs> yeah i mean dude even like pet cemetery consider that you know People thought it was a remake of the original, and I don't think so, really, either, because there's a lot of stuff that's different between both of those movies. Oh
1: yeah, I, it's it, definitely uh based off the book more or less. I apart
0: say, from like the main flip flop. Yeah, yeah, that was the twist. I mean,
1: I don't know. What if, what if in Halloween we made Michael, Mo- uh, we remade Halloween, rob zombies, and
0: now Michael Myers' sister's
1: the killer, and it's not hmm. Michael. I
0: don't know, man. It's it's really stupid. I guess it's really going to be up to. The courts to decide it, but that's happening right now. I'm really the hoping that courts, it doesn't <laughs> delay do, anything. But the
1: fuck do courts know about horror movies? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, either way, you, you better bring a professional, like, film student to sit there and be like, Actually, this is yeah. a reimagining of the book. This is not a remake, and that is preposterous, or whatever the fuck those like. They should
0: get us in there. Yeah, I'll be like, Yo, let me explain something to you, you fuck. <laughs> No, hey, we give him the business, man, because it's it's really stupid. Let us know what you guys think about it, but we're gonna move on uh, to some uh, quick trailers here. Speaking of it, we just got the trailer for uh-huh. it chapter two, but it's a it's the final trailer, so there's some new footage in there, and it's uh looking pretty cool. Yeah, it doesn't really give too much away. Uh, it's not really like
1: in order, you know, timeline wise, like doesn't really show you like this happens at the beginning of the movie. Then this is just a sort of few different, like actiony creepy sequences that like just happen in the movie. You know, like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like the Halloween trailer that gave pretty much everything away. Like this, Mm -hmm. this showed different bits and parts from different parts of the movies and not in any order. So
0: yeah, if you're a fan of the book, I suppose you could probably pick out certain scenes. Like I noticed a couple scenes and I know like relatively kind of, when they happened, but no, yeah, all we really got were a couple pretty cool scenes, uh including some more kind of big picture supernatural stuff apparently, which looked kind of cool. But yeah, not not too much given away. Bill Skarsgard still just looks incredible as Pennywise and there's some really cool, scary scenes in there. So I'm I'm really pumped to see his performance in this one.
1: I wonder if uh Tim Curry enjoyed Bill Skarsgard's Pennywise?
0: He probably does. I, I think. F- so. I feel like he just appreciates good, good acting and good film. You know. So, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that one's still coming out September sixth, guys. The next one actually was uh, the most exciting for me. We, me too. We finally got a trailer for Shudder's Creep Show, and it's dropping on the platform September twenty sixth. And it looks
1: creepy enough, man. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It shows like sneak previews of a few of the different stories. Uh, shows us a few of the practical effects going on. Tom Savini, you know, obviously involved with that. Look pretty sick. And uh, David Arquette's going to be in it and so many more. Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell, yeah, his old ass is still yeah. kicking.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a, a ton of people in this one. And I love that it's all practical effects pretty much. I didn't really see any CGI or any obvious no, CGI. No, I mean, anyway. come on, Tom Savini. Yeah, of course. And cinematography looks great the uh the creep looks awesome he i'm looks actually badass, really yeah. excited to see the creep and overall yeah it just looks fantastic so pretty uh, pretty much getting uh, to two months away and man it's gonna be here you know sooner than we might think so dude i'm really excited I'm, about it like I can't, i'm just gonna binge watch all of them
1: in one night probably too, yeah. actually no i'm probably gonna like just do like two per night or one per night yeah, you Not- gotta
0: enjoy it a little bit you know yeah want to come back to it just like uh Tales from the Crypt or whatever, so... Oh,
1: yeah. I, I watched that whole fucking series, though.
0: Oh, yeah. So, guys, uh, be on the lookout for Creep Show coming out real soon. The last trailer that we have is for a psychological mindfuck, as described by Bloody Disgusting. Uh, Daniel Isn't Real, which was kind of the talk of the South by Southwest Film Festival, hailed as the best horror movie at that festival, so... It's coming out December 6th on VOD and in limited theaters.
1: I had no idea what the hell was going on in that trailer. That's what I like.
0: (laughs) I get you. Makes Uh, me
1: uh, wonder. It kind of seems like... I mean, you can't really piece anything together from the trailer, so it makes me think it's going to be an experimental horror film of some sort. And
0: you know how I feel about those. Oh, yeah. It it looks experimental. The visuals look great. It's uh, from the producers of Mandy, so it's got that same... Not same, but similar type of visual style but let me read you the synopsis here uh and daniel isn't real troubled college freshman luke played by miles robbins who looks like one of the fucking sprouse siblings yeah (laughs) to me for some reason i was like is that like cole sprouse it's not a triplet that went missing (laughs) yeah uh he suffers a violent family trauma and resurrects his childhood imaginary friend daniel to help him cope and uh daniel's like a, a cool guy and he tries to help him but he pushes him to the very edge of sanity and into a desperate struggle for control of his mind and his soul so yeah he has the thing about having borderline
1: personality disorder man you can't just bring that fucker out you know oh yeah i mean we got barnabas and sam and we only let them out during the podcast that's
0: right yeah we keep ourselves in control
1: exactly so Sammy, if sam came <laughs> out in uh, real life when i'm doing normal things i'd Get into a lot of shit. Yeah. I, I, I save the shit talking for Samaya. I guess I
0: <laughs> I would just be very judgmental. Yeah. Where normally I don't say anything. would <laughs> be super critical. <laughs> of course. Someone
1: makes you some ice cream at Cold Stone.
0: Let me tell you why this is garbage. <laughs> Those chocolate chips shouldn't be in that we're particular arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, guys, uh, that's going to be it for the news here. Uh, we're going to get into our first official segment of the episode and into our discussion about horror comedies and we've got a good one we're going to talk about a true classic in the cult corner and on this week's cult corner fiends we have a very hilarious dracula spoof dracula dead and loving it
1: starring the late great leslie nielsen you may know him from hits such as
0: creep show airplane and scary movie 3 oh yeah don't call me shirley <laughs> i fucking love that guy you know he's he's one of the the funniest actors i think of all time I actually got his start in uh serious roles but i mean you couldn't tell by watching this movie although of course it is directed by the uh not late yet but still great mel brooks probably my favorite comedic director of all time Uh, he's, I don't know. He's just a genius, but this was actually his last, uh, like theatrical feature film surprisingly. And, uh, it came out all the way back in 1995 and we were like two. Yeah. And, uh, man, I don't even remember when the first time I watched it was, but it it was a little while back. I was, I was blown away though, by how actually funny it was. And then I learned that upon its release, it was like really panned by critics, like just universally like hated
1: i don't understand why dude leslie nielsen is one of those guys just like adam west which by the way would have loved to see them collab mm-hmm. uh is just naturally funny he's like probably the funniest person that was you know alive until recent memory
0: yeah he, he's just so like nonchalant about it you know every time he gives his lines it's just like so natural
1: it is bro that's why i fucking love him you like in every movie he's the funniest person in the movie i remember actually the first time i watched dracula dead and loving it is uh when you brought it over actually and then uh i think you gave me dracula dead and loving it for my birthday like two years ago yeah i think so that's when i initially got injured Mm -hmm. i was recovering and you're like hey you want to watch something i was like oh god what is this i see leslie nielsen has dracula i was like
0: let's see where this goes (laughs)
1: because this sounds fucking
0: amazing yeah it's just like a completely wild movie to even exist because not only is leslie nielsen dracula who who has a phenomenal uh, like Transylvanian accent by the way? It's just I can't even like recreate it. It's uh, Renfield. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> that <shit> was great. <laughs> um, but then you have Peter McNichol as Renfield, who honestly, in my opinion, maybe steals the spotlight away from Leslie Nielsen in this movie. The greatest Ren- Renfield.
1: The greatest Renfield ever portrayed.
0: <laughs> it really is, bro. He's so fucking funny. I, I, I can't even describe it. <laughs> and he kind of does like the maniacal laugh. Uh, actually a bit better than uh, the original guy who did it kind of too. In my I opinion. think so. Yeah. Uh, he, he's just phenomenal. We got Mel Brooks himself as Van Helsing. I mean, what more What more do you want? You know. But then you also just have a star-studded cast of other people. Steven Weber as Jonathan Harker, uh, Amy Yazbek, Lissette Anthony... Harvey Corman as Doctor Seward. That guy's amazing as well. And then uh, Mel Brooks' wife Anne Bancroft as that uh, undulating, the you know, yeah, yeah, ooh, yeah. <laughs> the, the the gypsy woman. Um, yeah, the, the movie is great. It's a spoof on the classic Dracula story. That's the kind of the over encompassing thing. But as a spoof, of course, it placed other movies too. A lot of other vampire movies. they are like gags. Uh, that are actually referencing like the old hammer horror uh, vampire films and yeah and a whole bunch of other films like abbott and costello meet frankenstein which dracula was in just a bunch of stuff i mean it's it's just incredibly like witty
1: damn i didn't even notice the hammer horror stuff because i've you know me i'm more of like a late 70s to modern time like that's my like scope of interest really Mm -hmm. the hammer horror like I saw the collections on Amazon and I wanted to get them just so I can familiarize myself mm. that way that I can, I can like more accurately point out these like little, uh, these little shout outs in these movies. Yeah. Cause sometimes it just goes right over my head and I, you could tell by the way it's stuff is said that it's definitely a reference, but I'm not hip to hammer horror.
0: Yeah. But the good thing is that even if you don't completely understand the reference, at least in this movie and in Mel Brooks's movies in general, it still could be incredibly funny. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yesterday, it wasn't a Mel Brooks movie, but I was watching a clip of uh, Monty Python's The Life of Brian, and there was a whole segment about uh, this guy saying, Biggest Dickus, and it was just funny oh, as shit. And oh, it yeah. was <laughs> like it was like a reference to some other shit, but it, it was just really funny. And Mel Brooks' movies have that appeal, too, where the humor is just so goofy but it kind of feels i don't know like sophisticated i was gonna talk about the humor actually like
1: just now like Mm -hmm. the reason i think this was not uh well received by like many critics was because of like the type of humor it wasn't really like pretentious wittiness you know what i mean it was like just real just like it was natural for me like i said leslie nielsen's like the best natural like the one part i think with van helsing he's like she's a nosferatu and then uh, oh she's italian like that type of shit you know what i mean like it's you could kind of like if you look at it that's it's kind of like the i want to call it i call this the scary movie style of telling jokes which is i think this is kind of like where (laughs) a scary movie got like kind of their inspiration for like how the jokes are gonna like come out like one person says something and then another person like says something that's like just completely asinine and it's just so fucking stupid and you're just like that's why i think it wasn't well received by critics because i mean critics didn't really like scary movie that much either and a lot of people tried to like you know a lot of the really stuck up like critics tried to like shit on it like oh toilet humor uh, unnecessary but like that stuff is fucking amazing yo. like no
0: you're you're right completely and i mean this movie took uh bigger risks i feel like with the comedy too just because yeah it was it was just like really kind of stupid shit but it still played into the story really well like oh yeah dracula would fucking slip on bat poop and fall down the stairs and be like are you you okay he's like oh yes and then they like continue on with the story yeah that's the the little side gags and shit too is like
1: i don't think people were like really used to it especially in 95 when everyone was like you know like obsessed with like horror like at mm-hmm. that point everyone was like a diehard horror fan that was a horror fan so like to see like this mockery of dracula i think is what really did that yeah i don't think it was maybe maybe they weren't used to that type of humor because it's like that that type of humor like i said it was relatively new it was like scary movie humor before scary movie and that's because of like leslie nielsen just leslie nielsen's just natural fucking charm that he has you mm-hmm. know like everything just rolls off the tongue and every joke in this movie is like smooth even like the the gags and stuff like that they come out smooth but like for some people like i don't know i guess they just they just don't like it they think it's like too wacky and and to them it's like not classy or whatever and like dracula movies were supposed to have at least from their point of view like a certain type of like class i think that's why people really appreciated the dracula thing he was like suave yet terrifying like a gentleman yet you know there's like something wrong with him and Mm -hmm. And they found Leslie and, and They're like, all right, everything about Dracula, don't do that. Be you. He's like, okay, I can do yeah. that.
0: <laughs> he had like some suaveness and and coolness, but at the same time, he was like a very bumbling kind of guy. I was
1: going to say it was like satirical, like yeah. charm. You know what I mean? Like he was purposely trying to seem like, let's, let's, let's be real, Dracula in this movie was pretty fucking douchey. Yeah. So like that natural douche charm that he had, I think- made people just like not cringe but like roll their eyes you know what i mean
0: yeah like when he uh,
1: turned into a bat and flew into the window and shit (laughs) people are like oh my god that's so cheap you know these fucking stupid ass gags like it's it's a fucking like it's it's like a what you would call it improv show you know what i mean yeah
0: i mean definitely a little bit more like ham-fisted than uh young frankenstein or something like that where it was very funny but at the same time i feel like there was almost more of an air of like serious filmmaking in that movie and it just wasn't quite as wacky yeah Yeah. but dracula 10 loving it was very wacky and i still really appreciate it though the dude okay i'm just gonna come out with like my favorite scene in the movie because i wanted to ask you what yours was but my favorite scene probably runner-up is the one where Renfield and Dr. Seward are having, like, their conversation, and Renfield starts eating the bugs and shit. That's hilarious. uh But but my favorite scene has to be the one uh, where they go and try and uh, stake Lucy in her crypt or whatever, (laughs) and he, like, stakes her, and that, like, mountain of blood, like, comes out onto uh, Steven Weber, and then apparently... Fun fact, if you didn't know, I might have told you this or you might have found out, but the second time that he like hits her and more of that blood like sprays onto him, apparently the actor didn't know that that was going to happen. Oh, shit. So when Mel Brooks was like, uh, hit her again, she's almost dead. And he's like, she's dead enough. (laughs) And like his reaction and everything, that was all natural. Oh, really? Yeah, because he didn't tell him. It was like 200 gallons of blood or something like that. And Mel Brooks, like, didn't tell him that was going to happen. So everything about that scene is, like, natural.
1: Damn. Yeah. I never knew that, yo, because I didn't bother to, like, check out the trivia, you know, just popped in the movie, and I was like, all right, let's just fill my brain with dumb for, like, the next two hours.
0: I mean, that's how you get great scenes like that, though, too. And that's why Mel Brooks, like, stepped out of the way in that scene. So, I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious.
1: Okay, I I understand now. (laughs)
0: Fuck. Yeah. Imagine being the director, be like I'm, I'm gonna fuck with this guy yeah, <laughs> you know? i would shit hell yeah that's how you get like the best comedy honestly and even the best terror when it's like just pure like for real reactionary. area yeah. no i i love it even that's something that's missing in a lot of comedy movies i feel like nowadays you get it in some shows like it's always sunny but just the people and their natural reactions even yeah. people who like break on screen like you can see them laughing that stuff's awesome in my opinion. Especially if you're doing like a spoof at least. Maybe not in like Pineapple Express or something like that. But Yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't know. I I just feel like that really adds to the to the comedy. It makes it feel more like laid back. You don't have to take it so seriously, you know?
1: Oh yeah, the whole like natural is what really gives everything it's like really uh authentic feel. Like I mean, not comedy, but Shelley Duval in The Shining, how oh, yeah. she was just like how Kubrick would just like lock himself in a room with her and just fucking talk mad shit to her and that's why she looked so fucking flustered throughout like the whole movie i was wondering like damn shelly
0: duvall looks like she's in bad shape during this thing yeah you know? she was basically being tortured almost she's being mentally abused yeah no yeah she was crazy luckily i guess mel brooks didn't do that in this movie but stuff like that is still very funny to me and i wanted to ask uh what your favorite scene was or what your favorite joke was i guess from this movie
1: not really a favorite scene or joke. Okay, I got two that I had in mind. Okay. So one, I referenced it already. I kind of gave it away. I don't know why it got me. I think it's because like, like I said, the the er- the '90s were like not accustomed to this type of humor. Like even if you look at Student Bodies, which was like the first horror comedy, like the humor in that was so fucking stupid. Like it wasn't even like witty. Like yeah. hey, then someone replies something stupid. Like uh so two two things I can uh that I really like from this movie. The the one scene, the, the Italian scene. Mm-hmm. Like, oh she's a nosferatu, she's Italian, like and then that's that light pause. No, she's a, she's the undead, you know, like yeah. <laughs> and then I think Leslie Nielsen's just accent throughout the whole thing because oh, yeah. like usually I'm pretty good at emulating things, but like I don't know, I can't give it that like Leslie Nielsen feel. Plus it's yeah. him just being him. So I have to imitate not only a transylvanian accent but i have to imitate leslie nielsen in his crazy fucking adam west ish mind doing a transylvanian accent and it was just like i mean clearly it was fake you know what i mean like you got to be stupid to think like you know this movie wasn't like tongue-in-cheek to think it was like Mm -hmm. oh they're really trying to create some art but make it a (laughs) satire like and for me that's what really did it uh just leslie nielsen is my favorite part of this movie like just him being Leslie Nielsen. I think that's my favorite part of any movie with him in it cuz he always plays himself. Mhm. Doesn't matter if he's Frankenstein, Dracula, fucking a murderer. Well, besides in Creepshow, he kind of wasn't really Leslie Nielsen. He kind of he kind of freaked me out with that one cuz he was like an actual like villain. You know, he was like a mm-hmm. fucking dickhead. I don't really expect him to be, but just Leslie Nielsen being Leslie Nielsen.
0: Yeah. I mean, the dude the dude was amazing. He's just
1: always Leslie Nielsen, so yeah. Naked
0: Gun, he was great in that too. Yeah. So if you pause
1: airplane right now, here you can see his penis.
0: Oh we're gonna have to do that, I think. Uh-huh. Just for educational purposes. For educational academics purposes only. <laughs> of course. We don't like
1: seeing Leslie Nielsen's penis on a daily normally. <laughs> Nor no, never, no. But if we or can ca- even on a weekly. We <laughs> if we can catch it. If we can catch it
0: we'll give you guys the time the exact time oh yeah a second. <laughs> so anyway uh yeah i think that's gonna pretty much do it for dracula done loving it but it is a good segue into our primary discussion so we're going to kind of expand more on why certain things like this work uh to make a good horror comedy but we do have some brief sponsored messages soon so stay tuned hi this is chris and this is Roger. And if you like Tigers Baseball, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, analytics, pop culture references, movies, sports, food, check us out. Look for Tigers SRD on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Hey Samuel. Hey Barnabas. What's up? Oh, not much. Have you ever written a book? No, but I've written a musical. Oh. Well, you can become a published author with Doran's Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company.
1: Aha, I hear countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their books to the market.
0: Their professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing eye-catching custom cover. Plus their authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books. So
1: make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Do not wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author. And seeing your name in print. Aha! You've already written a book, next thing to do is make this free call
0: now to Doran's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. The number is 1-800-213-9259. Again, 1-800-213-9259. And welcome back, fiends, to our main segment today. And uh, in this episode, we're going to be discussing what makes... A great horror comedy and just kind of an overall discussion about horror comedies because there are a lot that uh have become very popular but you know in general i think a lot of horror films try to add some kind of comedic element and a lot of them just don't really work so what makes a good horror comedy hmm. i don't know for me it would be uh being
1: more realistic than an action than a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, people running into, like, things and, like, doing dumb shit, like, literally dumber shit than in a horror movie, or, like, when someone tries to throw a knife at, like, the killer, instead of it, like, spinning and landing like they're fucking Bruce Lee, yeah. <laughs> it, like, completely missing and killing a cat or something. Yeah. Those those type of things. <laughs> the more, like, clumsy approach. Uh, not staying true to tropes, either. Like, no final girl, really, and if there is a final girl... Like she survives because the satire in the movie shows how asinine the concept is of having like you know oh this girl's gonna survive because she's a virgin and all these people are gonna die because they're s- they're having sex and it's not like the whole like promiscuity thing it's because they're distracted you know and mm-hmm. for me it's like yo realistically like you know it would be like the smartest person there that survives you know doesn't matter if you're a virgin or not and like I think these movies that make fun of the tropes like. You know, Cabin in the Woods, for example. Mm. It was more of a horror movie. It was still like, um, it was a meta horror movie, so it had to have like comedic elements like yeah. the stoner and, you know, <laughs> exposition and whatnot. I think not having too much exposition, too, I think would make for a great horror comedy, you know, because mm. like horror movies are always like backstory in the woods 15 years ago. Yeah. And it, it, it works when a horror comedy does it, but only when they show how asinine it is to like believe in such a thing even if mm. it's real because let's face it most urban legends are just that
0: oh yeah because in a regular horror film you hear that or see that and you're like oh god all right here goes 10 minutes i'm gonna know all about the killer yeah. <laughs> and then i'm gonna feel sorry for him and then uh it's gonna end <laughs> so and then great in, like, the horror comedies as they're explaining
1: the backstory of the killer he's like walking around in the background tripping over like <laughs> bananas banana
0: peels and yeah. shit and whoa like yeah if you all right so tyler grew up in a whale exhibit yeah and then someone burned it down like what
1: and now he burns down whale exhibits like what (laughs) but let's pick a good horror comedy and a bad one so my examples for a good horror comedy shriek if you know what i did last friday the 13th one of our favorites yep and a bad horror comedy student bodies okay I don't actually know if I've seen Stun Bodies. It's not even close to being enjoyable. <laughs> like, the killer literally, like, call someone hello. <sighs> He's like, why are you breathing like that? Oh, because I'm the killer. He's like, there's oh, the killer breathing. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. What year it, was that movie? I think it was the 80s. Oh. And it was, yeah, the first horror comedy. Jeez. And uh, it was so fucking idiotic. Like, And it's like, the runtime is pretty, like, decent, too, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not too long, but it's not, like, short. So, like, you really have to... Let me put it... You have to put up with the film.
0: Okay. Yeah, just like, God, when is it ending? Yeah, and it doesn't. Oh, jeez, Man, that's that's terrible. Yeah, I feel you, though. Now, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Yeah, but, you got it right. <laughs> but... Because um, that's actually an example of the other kind of, in my opinion, like, effective comedy in horror, which is, like, the really fucking over-the-top... Yes. like goofy comedy just like in dracula done loving it because i feel like it's either got to be that or it's got to be something like club dread you know there's exactly there's little room for that kind of middle ground because then you're just approaching being a horror movie with some comedic elements exactly and if you do that then it's just going to suck because everything is going to feel like it's overacted or something and you know the the whole vision of the movie is just not going to fit so uh but that movie was It was just ridiculous, but that's what made it work so well. And yeah, it was basically just scream, but 20 times funnier. I guess actually, really, it was kind of a scary movie, but probably funnier and just more over the top.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, it explicitly Martina in the movie Shriek, if you know what I did last. I'm just going to call it Shriek. So Martina and Shriek kind of pointed out the tropes. Never, ever say you're going to come back making fun of Scream. Mm. There's always sexual gags in the initial like a sexual gag it's boner time boy yeah that's what i liked about that movie was really more so than scary movie like explaining like horror movie tropes and more so than scream and explaining the tropes of scream as well and like how really like not dumb but like how just easy it is to like make fun of like the choices in horror and like things that actually happen because it's mostly just bad luck combined
0: with teenage stupidity yeah pretty much and uh speaking of that we really kind of wanted to uh focus on one movie in particular i think that is a good modern example Mm -hmm. of touching on those tropes but actually doing it in a pretty unique way yeah so not a straight up spoof so you know like something uh such as shriek or a scary movie but tucker and dale versus evil touches on a lot of these tropes as well but kind of flips them on their heads and You know, introduces them into a unique concept and a a cool story and a a funny movie, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You just actually watched it for the first time. So what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Uh, I had no clue one of these, like, in the woods horror movies existed, like, comedy horror movies like this. I know we had Cabin in the Woods. Uh, We had the likes of, like, Blood and all those, you know, other ones. But I had no clue this one existed. Initially I thought it was going to be Tucker and Dale like facing demons or like some zombies or something. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was going to be like teenagers accidentally killing themselves, trying to kill people because they misjudged them as murderers. Uh and that, that that's the thing I mentioned earlier what I like about horror comedies when like the stuff that would happen in real life. Like if you're going to try to go kill someone, you could just trip and fall and just die, you know, especially like this isn't a, like, in real life, this isn't a movie, you know, you're not just gonna throw a javelin at someone or, like, try to hit someone with a spear.
0: You're gonna, like, trip and fall into, like, a wood chipper. Yeah. Which is pretty much exactly what happens, and the other thing that really stands out too is just that the whole film essentially is looking at the the concept of the, the unkempt, kind of, backwoods fucking, you know, beer drinking and fishing, kind of redneck guy as this terrible evil killer yeah which a lot of movies have explored i mean even like madman oh yeah and stuff like that did it you know uh the hills have eyes texas chainsaw wrong turn exactly so also a thousand <laughs> corpses <laughs> yeah just because someone
1: yeah texas chainsaw massacre ripoff but yeah yeah
0: but you know just because someone uh, looks kind of weird or or you may think that they're like a freak or something doesn't necessarily mean that
1: they are. They're usually just normal people. Yeah, and this usually. movie
0: this movie actually takes that to heart and initially does give us an impression that, okay, maybe these guys are weird, but pretty soon it kind of lets us know that, hey, these are pretty normal guys that are in just this really fucked up position and these kids now think that they're evil when really they're the bad ones. Yeah. Which is just, you know... Now, even not just the even not just the killer hillbilly thing, but slashers in general, this really kind of turns it around like well what if Michael was just being misjudged or what if Jason was just misjudged? Right?
1: Like what if like fucking I don't know, what if someone happened upon Jason, this killer hillbilly mutant thing in the woods and they're like, Oh shit and then they like ran away and they tripped and broke their neck on a tree
0: stump yeah i, I mean it's yeah plausible. basically <laughs> it, completely plausible i mean hey they invaded victor crowley's swamp you know so he yeah, has I mean, a right to defend his home right
1: like he didn't he never leaves the swamp to try to kill people yeah it's not what he's about he's not about killing people he's about killing people who trespass which is normal what if you're sitting in your house and like a bunch of teenagers just walk in yeah forget that
0: they're dying what the fuck yeah exactly not walking into my house without my permission no way so That's pretty much uh, what this movie is about and it actually has some great characterization to even just the dynamic between uh, Tucker and Dale was phenomenal. And then painting Dale as like this really innocent, sweet, dumb guy who just kind of wants like a chance with a girl. Uh, I I just thought that was awesome. Yeah.
1: I mean, and in this movie, the loser does get the girl. Mm -hmm. Not loser, but like perception of like, who is supposed to be like the loser in the movie? You know, like yeah. Dale's supposed to be like the I'll never get a girl like that. And they're like, just he's like, just talk to her. He walked up to her with a fucking grim reaper scythe. And he's like, You guys going camping? Mm-hmm. Alright, listen guys, we don't want any trouble, okay? Like it's like, yo, chill out, bro. Like, yeah. The thing I like too is like the people who thought they were being the heroes, the college kids, they reacted to like people do in a horror movie, like Why'd they leave him out here? They left him out here to send a message. It's like, her. you know, like...
0: Yeah, it's like you guys really are dumb. You're just overacting to everything. And, yeah. And not actually thinking things through. And that was really kind of the whole joke. But there were just a lot of other funny moments uh, with pretty naturally flowing dialogue that I thought was not really forced at all. Uh, it was pretty smooth. And I appreciated that about this movie, too. Some movies definitely just take... I don't know, they they just try too hard yeah. with the jokes, you know, and I, I feel like that's kind of the case with a lot of uh, horror comedies now, or even just a lot of horror movies in general. They try to interject this, like, just really cringy humor into it, and I, I don't know, I just don't understand that, like, who are you trying to appeal to? Yeah, like, you know? the, in Halloween 2018, it, it was kind of
1: forced with that little kid, uh, yeah. uh, and then it was pretty much kind of forced in child's play, like there was like a lot of jokes like where like the detective's mom called chucky a hobbit motherfucker like yeah you know it was like okay like
0: even even the tupac thing like that was great don't get me wrong but at the same but at the same time it's like did you really need that in there like is that actually relevant to anything
1: yeah it was there's way too many forced comedic elements in these movies i think Mm -hmm. as it is
0: yeah, that's fair. So, but I mean, you know, this movie knew exactly what it was, which is important too. Like, you have to have a focus. I mean, we could talk about some other ones too. Shaun of the Dead, for example, is Shaun oh, of the Dead was dope. Great example. That movie knew exactly what it wanted to be. It was funny as hell at the same time, which is you know hard not to be with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. But I mean, those dudes are geniuses at writing comedy, and everything in that movie felt pretty natural. And it really just played on the whole idea of like the the guy who just is completely oblivious to the world around him, that like office worker personality, and uh, there's zombies. What I really liked about Shaun of the Dead,
1: though, is how closely it was released to Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it was like almost an immediate response. Like, hey, you know, you know what though? Too actually, that brings up a, a point that I was going to make earlier with Dracula Dead and Loving It, but that movie was actually released only like three years after Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, really? Yeah, which won three fucking Academy Awards. No so wonder it, was it just, wasn't so well received. Yeah, but but it was kind of perfect timing for that movie to come out, though. Anyway, you know, it was just a little bit wackier than Shaun of the Dead, which is why it wasn't well received. But it was timed okay, I think. You know, it was relevant. Everybody was all about Dracula at the time. So it made total sense. Then the Simpsons did it, you know. Simpsons did everything. Oh, well, that's true. I remember <laughs> <But> South
1: Park? <laughs> Simpsons
0: did it. Simpsons did it. Yeah. And then South Park kind of took that over. But but yeah, essentially, you know, it was, it was well-timed. It wasn't like 10 years after or something. Like, hey, why is somebody making a Dracula parody? Yeah. You know? And Shaun of the Dead, pretty much the same thing. You know, zombies were hot. Really, they started gaining traction- in like the early 2000s oh yeah so i mean it's perfect and then
1: a scary movie came out shortly after scream came out Mm -hmm. which was like a direct response to like the slashers exactly then as soon as the grudge came out and signs then scary movie jumped on that then house uh was it what was the movie that was it house on it wasn't house on haunted hill that they made fun of in uh or was it yeah was it House or in ha- the
0: the haunting or whatever?
1: Yeah, the haunting. Okay, and Scary yeah. Movie 2. Yeah. I mean, everything is. Speaking of haunted house movies, a haunted house. Yeah. With the rise in popularity of paranormal activity and like Insidious and shit, mm-hmm.
0: a haunted house was like, you know what? What would black
1: people do in this situation?
0: <laughs> yeah, and paranormal. Yeah, paranormal activity exactly. So, I mean, that makes total sense. There are some movies that came out that I can't really find that correlation to, like uh, what we do in the shadows, which. I still think you have to watch as a fan of this subgenre. It's hilarious. Okay, I highly recommend it. But at, again, it's it's a unique concept. It's just three like aristocratic vampires living together in a flat in like New Zealand, and they just kind of go about their uh, their nights. What year was that one? Uh, twenty fourteen. Okay, so, so I guess with, knew. I guess after the rise of the
1: sparkly vampires and. Stuff like that and then we had Dark Shadows too. Mm-hmm. Forgot all about Dark Shadows. I watched that recently actually and I fucking love that shit.
0: Yeah, no that was good but yeah, there you go. When was, when was that movie? Like Dark Shadows? Yeah. I feel I want to say like 2011 or something like that but I'm not sure. I think 2012 or
1: 2013 honestly. Okay. So but I remember yeah, I watched it in theaters. Yeah. But you it, it still had
0: some relevance. It. Yeah and uh, you know, released kind of in that same time period so It has to be topical. Like, you can't just have jokes that completely fall off. And why I think the Mel Brooks ones are still good to this date, too. You know, it's because a lot of what's happening, yeah, there are references. But it's just funny because it's funny. Yeah, honestly. It's not too forced. There's nothing like they're not going to make a fucking joke about, I don't know, what's something stupid? Talk about, say, Tide Pods, kids eating Tide Pods or something you know you, you you go like 10 years into the future you look back at it and like that's that's so cringy you know so it really is, but but some jokes are timeless so like tucker and dale's forever gonna be funny because what's happening in the movie is why it's funny dracula 10 loving it for me is always gonna be funny fucking stan helsing
1: that's one movie though that just yeah. randomly decided to like just be released making fun of all the slashers freddie and then michael then jason was in there Leatherface, pinhead
0: that that one i will say that one kind of is toilet humor but But it's it's so so fucking funny (laughs) i mean i guess if you're in like our age group or generation i would i would think maybe it's a little funnier fucking i'd
1: give my left (laughs) arm to be ambidextrous
0: (laughs) i mean there's some good jokes in it too though you know so you just got to have like a decent sense of humor and uh I think yeah pretty much all the other elements that we talked about make up a solid horror comedy. I mean, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Being if if
1: it's going to be a spoof, play on the tropes, a lot of those do mm-hmm. that. Obviously witty flowing humor or toilet humor, one or the other. Mm-hmm. And just have it be relevant. You mm-hmm. know, like to what's going on like in horror, you know what I mean? Cuz I think the next scary movie is bound to come out soon. And it's definitely going to be a parody of Stephen King's It, mm. Halloween, and like Chucky,
0: probably. That would be cool. And I want to add one more thing, too. Don't be afraid to break the fourth wall with it, either. Because a lot of great horror comedies... A reason a lot of the jokes are successful, too, I feel like, is because they're kind of self-aware. Oh, yeah. A lot of Mel Brooks' stuff, too, is, is funny because the characters uh, kind of do what they do, but they realize that what they're doing is is stupid as well oh yeah or you know and then they kind of just go about their business so don't be afraid to break the fourth wall i mean a lot of these movies they'll show like the camera crew or scary
1: movie and something.
0: shriek did that yeah a lot of Mel brooks movies did that too i don't think dracula did but i could be no. wrong so yeah i mean that's important too I think. breaking the
1: fourth wall don't be afraid to be meta mm-hmm. all right look at cabin in the woods it was literally an exploration of the meta okay Look at Shriek if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. They explored the tropes through a lot of exposition at the end of the movie. Like they, They're like, oh, now Bulimia Falls High School. Bulimia Falls High School, yeah. they had a camera crew called MTV. Like, bro, it's all <laughs> like so fucking
0: genius. I don't think people realize it. No, dude, I agree with that. So now that we kind of know what makes... A good horror comedy i think we're going to have to evaluate one in our last segment uh-huh uh, where we uh put a new horror film that's uh, streaming on none other than the chopping block and in our last segment this week we have a brand new movie to hit shutter dead detectives
1: if you haven't realized it we're big shutter fanboys
0: oh yeah i mean they have consistently pretty good movies and this one uh, is a shutter original i think they're just distributing it or whatever but uh no they curated this movie and directed by tony west i mean uh what'd you think uh
1: i was expecting like 100 percent like horror comedy you know but it wasn't like you're a stereotypical like horror comedy sure there was like gore i really like the way the ghosts look they actually looked like pretty intimidating at least the mother and the father did Mm -hmm. i like the concept of one of the good guys dying and still being around to help because he found a way to still communicate whilst like showing himself to. i like that they weren't able to escape the house you know Mm -hmm. i like how it went from uh it was like sort of uh the last exorcism type of thing where it was like oh We're going to, like, you know, just jip people, you know, and, like, Mm -hmm. get
0: ratings. So, all of a sudden, like, oh, fuck, we found some real shit. Yeah. So, this movie kind of reminded me of Grave Encounters in that aspect. Except that that movie wasn't, like, meant as a horror comedy. Kind of. Just because it's, yeah, about this film crew who have, like, a a ghost hunting show similar to something like Ghost Adventures or whatever. Where they claim to help people. The main character is uh, actually secretly kind of this douchey guy, which always seems to be that way most of the time. Uh, so this is where it's kind of approaching that parody uh, you know level is because it, it realizes that that's the kind of character that it is. And uh, his girlfriend of course, or fiance or whoever doesn't agree with it, but they take one last job at this supposedly really haunted casa in Mexico, right? Yeah, and um, so they go there, they're like, oh, no problem we're going to set it up. It's going to be great. We're going to freak everybody out and we're going to help them and uh, we're going to get paid and not be canceled. That was the whole thing. They were going to be canceled. So they show up to this place and it ends up uh, being real and one of them dies and then they kind of have to figure out what's going on. So I thought it was an interesting concept The the whole like them not being able to leave and him tying and stuff kind of felt like convenient solutions but at the same time i think that it was part of the parody it, they're just like you know we understand that in all these movies it's so fucking hard to like escape so we're just gonna tell you guys why they can't escape and then we're just gonna move on with the story yeah they jumped out of a window
1: jumped back into the house through another window there you go why is this happening
0: because it's on it move on yep and so yeah, then the then the humor and the then the actual story kind of played off like something such as Club Dread. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that wacky over the top humor. It was a little bit more mature or serious, I suppose, in that aspect, but there were still lots of comedic elements. You can tell it was supposed to be a comedy. Oh yeah. I knew right off the bat, like since we were talking about horror comedies, that you were
1: gonna definitely pick a one hundred percent horror comedy, oh yeah, and once I started it off, and like they got the they got the lady to like close down her shop because she stole her grandma's cookie recipe or whatever the fuck, I <laughs> yeah. was like, all right, I see what kind of movie this is, <laughs> yeah,
0: I will say though that uh I feel like uh, some parts of the, of the comedy here, and you know obviously it's meant to be humorous, but they they kind of play on the whole like Latin people as these like rambunctious fucking fiery yeah yeah call everyone puta and shit like that like i don't know if that was completely necessary that word popped up a lot in the movie it did as i don't know if that was completely necessary uh but there were some funny parts with it i guess the main guy jose maria de tavera as javier was great oh yeah javier was my favorite part of the movie yeah even though it was a little much sometimes but he was just very charismatic acted well did the role well. He's kind of a dick, though, because he didn't want to translate, even though he knows Spanish. Yeah, I didn't really get that part Yeah, it's Yeah,
1: like, well. it's like, why me? Because you're the only...
0: <laughs> Bro, like... Like, okay, if I'm the only Polish one in the room and somebody starts speaking in Polish, I'm not just going to be like, what single me out because yeah. i was born in poland like yeah. what do you mean you fucking dick here <laughs> i'd be
1: like yo barnabas stop being a fucking cock and yeah. just tell us what he
0: said yeah so i don't know about that but some of the other humor was pretty good uh felt pretty natural maybe not all of it some of it like you know that puta stuff and all yeah. that was maybe a little much a little bit forced but for the most part i think it flowed pretty well and, and the story kept me engaged
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't on my phone during this movie at all. You know, like I was like, you know what? Let me just become fully immersed in this movie. And like, the only negative thing I want to say is like, felt like some scenes were just like they just took too long. Yeah, you know, it felt like it kind of started dragging after uh, after Javier picked up that statue and launched it at the wall to let them know. Like, yeah. After that, it never really picked up. It started picking up near the end Mm -hmm. for about fifteen minutes during the whole when he took his chick and then the scuffle and then the mm-hmm. possession
0: and no, some of that stuff was good. Like playing on the ghost uh, tropes and, and the conventions was one of the positives about this movie. I think for sure. Uh, yeah. I think in like the, the second act kind of, or like the second third of the movie was kind of where it lost some steam, but it, it picked it back up and had an ultimately satisfying resolution. I think, Uh, I don't know if it's being set up as a series or not, but I think this would be like a good one shot movie similar to like the final girls or something like that. I think so. And maybe it could have shaved off, I I don't know, five to 10 minutes. And then I think it would have been a little bit better paced. So I'm just glad that it kind of made up for that dragging in the middle. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't the best paced or feeling movie. I will agree with you there. But it was entertaining. It was definitely very entertaining, and this is meant to be one of those more, like, fun movies. If, if you're tired of all the, you know, haunted house movies, all the jump scare oh, ghost yeah. movies, like The Conjuring or whatever. I jumped, actually, one time in this movie. Oh, yeah? Once. Okay. Well, you can tell me what, what scene it was uh, after this, but... I mean, hey, you don't even jump in, like, regular scary yeah, movies sometimes, yeah.
1: so that's, that's a plus, I think. It is. I never jump. I'm never surprised. Yeah. I can always anticipate something, but... In this one, one thing got me, and I
0: jumped, so... Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I will say, too, without really giving anything away, the main villain of the movie is pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty badass. Yeah, so I think you will enjoy it. Good uh, practical effects when possible. There is some CGI. I think they actually do a pretty decent job of blending them. I think so, yeah. But it is kind of the comedy element that sort of gives it that leeway. Like, if it was... Meant to be taken seriously. I, I wouldn't have cared for the CGI as much, I don't think. Yeah, I would have started eye rolling a lot. Yeah, so uh, there's that pretty much. I, at the end of the day, I will say I'm not going to chop this one. I think it was a fun movie to watch. Uh, I think it's worth it.
1: Yeah, it's not chopped. If you have like an hour and 32 minutes free, check this movie out. You won't be disappointed, honestly, especially if you're trying to get a good chuckle. There you go.
0: So uh, yeah, I don't have anything more to say about it really. You guys can let us know what you thought about everything we discussed today on our social media. We have a Facebook and Instagram where you can search for Grave Discussions and find us. You can also find us on Twitter. Gravediscsrd is our handle. And uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and or Google Play. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Grave Discussions.
1: And if you're interested in seeing a nice horror collection. You can follow me at Shape of Horror seventy eight on Instagram. Mm-hmm.
0: There you go. Yeah, follow them guys. It's a it's a good profile on there. So. Yes, I have
1: so much so much stuff to show yeah. you. We have
0: such sites to show <laughs> you. Yeah, guys. So that's gonna wrap it up here for episode seventy one of Grave Discussions. Stay tuned next week for episode seventy two.
1: Yes, and next week we'll be riding across a tightrope blindfolded mm-hmm. on a unicycle. Only here on grave Discussion. <laughs> we never do what we say we're going to. This has been an SRD production.